2: Hey, I'm glad you found this broadcast, no matter how you found it. You are a welcome part of our growing audience of wrong thinkers. And if you're checking it out for the first time, I'll do my best not to scare you away in the first five minutes. Our program is brought to you daily by College.org, lifesavingfood.com, pure-light.com, hslammo.com, and the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Now, if you're curious and Connecting up with some of these sponsors, you'll find links in the show notes at the Brian Hyde show.com Why do I do what I do? I mean, I find myself asking that pretty much every morning I roll out of bed, but um, in a nutshell, it's this. There's a lot of uh, chaos right now, a lot of uh, uncertainty, and there's a lot of conflict going on as well. And I know that these are confusing times, in fact, for a lot of people, at least for the people who are paying attention, Things are just a little bit scary, and that's true not just on the political front. Economically, there's a lot of instability. Um, if you're looking at gas prices, you know, every time it starts inching up there towards or over the $4 mark per gallon, you know, people start to feel a little bit nervous. I don't know. We're thinking back to, what, 2008, 2009? 2009? Remember when gas prices would get to a certain point and people actually started to sit on their wallets and and cut back? Well, maybe we won't uh, go out to dinner tonight. Maybe we need to rethink that family vacation. And, of course, the cost of everything that uh, shows up on your store shelves goes up correspondingly with the cost of fuel. So my point, again, this isn't to recount this just to, you know, add fear to your life, but just there's a lot of uncertainty and what this program sets out to do is not so much as provide certainty, you know, yes, you can believe me because I'm saying the right words uh, politically or ideologically, but just to remind you that there are ways to continue to, to find truth, even in a world where there are very uh, well-organized and, and effective voices out there doing everything they can to keep us from seeing the truth. Now, it takes some responsibility, but here's the good news. Responsibility has always gone hand in hand with freedom. And at the end of the day, it is, uh, it is my love of freedom, my appreciation for what I think is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given his children. That's what motivates me to speak up on behalf of uh, principles and practices which lead to, to freedom for everybody sound principles as opposed to unsound principles. And if that's something that, uh, you know, if you're freedom curious, welcome. I'm glad you're part of our audience. Let's dive in and see if we can uh, figure out a few things about our world and hopefully make some sense out of it in the process. You know, it used to be fun to watch sports. Now, I've never been a diehard sports fanatic, but I know enough of them that You know, sometimes I get a little contact high just from, you know, their excitement over a particular sport or, you know, a particular game. But sports has stopped being as much fun, especially as uh, what we'll term woke culture has taken hold, you know, throughout uh, not just American society, but worldwide. I mean, when woke culture started projecting its groupthink through various athletes and organizations, probably one of the biggest manifestations of this came last year, with all the Black Lives Matter protests and riots, and then you notice how woke the NBA became, and even Major League Baseball and the NFL, and and it's it's like a a contest to see who can outdo the other. I'm more woke than thou. Oh yes, well I'm more woke than thou. And a way, they go back and forth and back and forth, and of course this is spilled over to the Olympics as well. But here's the thing. I mean, I have I have a I have a couple of friends who are really really dedicated sports fans. They've got all the memorabilia. They'll travel to see their favorite teams play. They are supporters, and yet they have stepped back from it. They've stepped away from their favorite teams. They've said, you know what, I'm not even going to pay for the, you know, the premium package on on Dish Network, you know, to follow the season because they're just so sick and tired of being force-fed. All that woke ideology. And the Olympics right now, holy cow. Have you seen what's happening there? There's an excellent article here on Olympic Schadenfreude. I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure. I I don't know the original German pronunciation, but Alexander Riley, writing for intellectualtakeout.org, points out that if there are two sports more ferociously woke than NBA basketball and women's professional soccer, he says, I'm unaware of their existence. Unfortunately for athletes, though, in these two sports, their commitment to wokeness and the language of equity is increasingly backfiring. So much so, he says, that I found their recent Olympic adventures delectable. They're so rich in shot and fraud that I am tempted to use a neo- neologism. Let's try that. Neologism I have only just discovered. shodden fraudedlicious. <laughs> that is actually a pretty clever word. From the first moments after the death of George Floyd... professional basketball players in their league have emitted a constant bleeding of support for the Black Lives Matter narrative, which claims the situation in America has never been worse for blacks. Now, the league's biggest star characterized BLM as a lifestyle, and in stupendous ignorance of American history, denied that there has ever been any social movement dedicated to improving the situation of blacks. The NBA's commitment to the BLM perspective is so complete that at least one player's agent anonymously observed how this stance has damaged the league's brand with fans who don't share the movement's radical leftist worldview. Okay, this is what I'm referring to with some of my friends who've said, nope, I'm no longer interested in supporting those franchises. Alexander Riley says, you know, uh, not surprisingly, Olympic men's basketball is in total disarray. Many of the leading lights in the NBA, including LeBron James and equally woke Stephen Curry, felt such a surge of patriotism over the, over the Olympics that they declined to play on the national team. Lauren Holiday, a former professional soccer player herself and the wife of Drew Holiday, one of the NBA stars who did sign up for the U.S. Olympic team, publicly and shrilly denounced police as racist for briefly handcuffing her spouse when he showed up at the scene bringing her driver's license when she was stopped by police and eventually ticketed for overly-tinted windows. Other team members, Damian Lillard, uh, Bradley Beal, Bam Adebayo, backed BLM's radical agenda and attended protests. Head coach Greg Popovich, perhaps the single wokest figure in the NBA, called those who reject BLM ignorant and said he felt embarrassed as a white person after George Floyd's death. Now, unfortunately, their commitment to BLM didn't help their game. After losing to Nigeria and Australia in pre-Olympic exhibitions, the Americans opened up the Olympic competition by falling to France. And the players are frustrated with Popovich, who vents his own frustrations at reporters after American losses. By the way, there are links to each of these points here in the article. His record as a coach for Team USA has been remarkably bad. And this year is shaping up to be even worse than the 2004 Olympics for the U.S. team. Alexander Riley says, All I can say about the American opener in this year's games is, Vive la France! The loss couldn't have happened to a better team than this one. Iran is the U.S.'s next opponent, followed by the Czech Republic, and he says, More of the same. Please. The women's national soccer team has also been aggressive in its BLM support, claiming it is not political to align itself with an avowedly communist movement, That indicts American institutions and social structures as racist. Furthermore, he says the team has also pursued a narcissistic legal campaign to have its payers, paid its players rather, paid the same as their male soccer counterparts, despite the fact that the men's game generates far more revenue globally than the women's game. Now, that case was recently dismissed by a district court judge, but the women's team and its firm attachment to unreality has appealed the decision. How telling that their appeal on the equal pay claim, which is based on their allegedly superior performance, came shortly after they were utterly destroyed by Sweden 3-0 in their opening Olympic match. The exquisite loveliness of this lopsided defeat was made more savory by the fact that Americans demonstrated their contempt for their country by taking a knee to show their allegiance to BLM ideology instead. Now, the Swedish team joined them, but he says they weren't representing my country. See, Donald Trump claimed that the embarrassing loss was due to wokeism. Even though that's unverifiable, there are a lot of Americans who feel the same way about the outcome of the match and about the women's team in general. Alexander Riley says there was a time when during the Olympics, the American flag was all it took to win my allegiance to competitors and teams from my country. And he says, I feel no joy in noting that those days are over. The country is now so riven by deep cultural and political differences that many find it impossible to identify with the spoiled, wealthy, hyper-woke athletes who purport to represent us. So many of them apparently despise the history, tradition, and fundamental principles of the country that made their wealth and their success possible. I'd say he's uh, right on the money here.
0: This is The Brian Hyde Show
3: karen owner of lone star transfer now that life is returning to normal let us help you get out of your unused timeshare for most, getting out of a timeshare that feels impossible to use is a priority. One of the biggest concerns we hear is not knowing how high your next maintenance fee may be. With the bill right around the corner, it's like rolling the dice. We will get you out of your unused timeshare quickly so you can go back to traveling where you want, when you want. For over a decade, Loadstar Transfer has been helping thousands of people just like you exit their expensive timeshare. We have an A-plus rating and hundreds of excellent reviews with the BBB. We guarantee the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. For the best customer service and a free consultation, call 844-284-4860. That's 844-284-4860 or online at LoneStarTransfer.com.
4: I'm Dinesh D'Souza. If you are a homeowner, you need to consider a mortgage refinance while rates are still low. I mean it. You could miss out on hundreds of dollars in monthly savings. Don't let that happen. Call American Financing, America's Home, for home loans. And take advantage of a free mortgage review. There's no pressure, no upfront or hidden fees. They're not like that. This is a company that's in it for you, doing whatever it takes to save you up to $1,000 a month. With Without resetting your loan because at american financing they can write any term 10 years and over so don't put a refinance off any longer pre-qualify for free by calling 888-528-1219 that's 888-528-1219 or visit americanfinancing.net american financing nmls 182334 nmlsconsumeraccess.org
3: What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near-historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, Points and loans, data, may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter. Lessons in all 50 states. all number 3030.
0: This is The Brian Hyde Show.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. I share a lot of different information in the course of a day's show. always try to find something that's interesting, hopefully relevant, gives us an idea of what's going on in the world, but I have to tell you, beneath it all, I have this goal that I am trying not to bring more anger, more fear, or more hatred into the situation. Because it feels like we just have a surplus of all of those things right now. And I'm doing my best to contribute to understanding without uh, pouring fuel on the fire, if you get my drift. Now, having said that, as uh, the democratic political process continues to devolve into uh, tribal warfare... There seems to be an abundance of craziness going around, and I'm not saying it's all on one side either. Robert Weisberg, this is in a piece published on intellectualtakeout.org, has an excellent take on how the Internet is contributing to our unhinged political atmosphere. And after reading this, I, it actually was enough to make me kind of reconsider how much time am I spending online online. Robert Weisberg says, these are not easy times for those cherishing political sanity. Barely a day passes without some stupidity drawing the what can these idiots be thinking response. Now, how is one to respond to demands that drag queens be allowed to read to toddlers at public libraries or that boys must be permitted to compete in girls sports? He says, where's my Prozac, please. How can such inanities regularly occur Well, he says, in today's political landscape, the cost of entry into the political arena is minimal. At most, an hour hour or two a day, plus the cost of hosting a website. Any crackpot idea, regardless of ideological parentage, regardless of feasibility, regardless of financial costs, and regardless of its possible negative impact on society or the planet, can be presented for political consumption. Computer access and competency with some software gets you access to immense and immense political audience. This is light years from the era when a pamphleteer like Thomas Paine struggled to reach an audience of a few thousand. Today's periodic political freak show reflects the increased role of social media inventing screwball ideas that once died a quiet death a few minutes before closing time at Casey's Irish Pub. Now, however... They're easily accessible to those who share an affliction for quackery. In this way, voila, a political movement is born. So consider, for example, the recent effort of a few social activists whose social media campaign forced the Israeli licensee of Ben and Jerry's ice cream to stop selling its brand in a tiny part of Israel. Were these activists convinced this boycott would push the Jewish nation into the sea thanks to a handful of Jews and Arabs being forced to eat a rival brand of ice cream? We vastly underestimated the power of being deprived of Chunky Monkey. What was Unilever, that's the corporate parent of Ben and Jerry's, thinking when this movement was gaining strength? They surely knew that 35 American states legally prohibit their states from investing or otherwise doing business with firms boycotting Israeli products. And that the federal government has considered similar legislation. Similarly, they must also know millions of people worldwide will now boycott Ben and Jerry's. In other words, these social media activists exhibited Hall of Fame, it is idiocy. Robert Weisberg says, nor do these purveyors of nonsense need to worry about lawsuits or legal action based upon their toxic stupidity. Web-based advocacy is irresponsibility uber alles. Black Lives Matter began as a Twitter hashtag. And resulted in millions of dollars of destruction. BLM has millions of adherents, but their inflammatory web-based idiocy is immune from litigation. So he says, don't be misled by talk of web censorship. While a few taboo topics exist, often associated with race and religion, censorship can be circumvented if even a tiny market exists for one's screwy ideas. Unlike America's highly regulated economic marketplace, no equivalent of the Securities and Exchange Commission exists to deter fraudulent ideas, and no consumer protection agency warns suckers of ideological scams. Joining a Facebook group is profoundly different from investing real money in a crackpot venture. When it comes to separating good ideas from bad ones, today's web, buyer is, or today's web rather, is buyer beware in the extreme. He says the cyber world is highly atomized, and no one is forced to solicit wise counsel. Anyone can decide for themselves, so gullibility rules. But, Robert Weisberg says, at least your bleary-eyed drinking buddies at Casey's Pub will likely restore your sanity when you you explain your scheme to get rich by selling chicken-flavored soda. But if you have nobody to pound some sanity into your brain, an email explaining why third graders should master the intricacies of systemic racism may make perfect sense. He says there are immense political consequences arising from today's low cost of entry into the battle of ideas. The mob rule dreaded by the founding fathers now inches closer as people are no longer required to publicly defend their views from criticism. Complex ideas are boiled down to childish slogans to fit Twitter, while sophisticated arguments are dismissed for being too difficult to read on a screen. Political discourse by bumper sticker. Now, by contrast, he says, imagine a New England town meeting where the local nutcase arrives and demands schools replace the teaching of advanced math with racial justice. Howls of outrage would follow, detailed counter-arguments would be offered, and sanity would prevail. After ample face-to-face discussion, the village lunatic repeat retreats to his basement computer where he is unfettered by naysayers. A political craziness proliferates when the normal democratic process wilts. And despite its flaws, democratic forums help provide the give and take that usually culls madness. Congress, with its tedious committee hearings, is profoundly different than debates via dueling websites where adherents can ignore others and live in their bubbles. Interesting stuff. This much I know. There is a definite battle for your allegiance. And I mean uh, your commitment to reality. What you're willing to accept is reality. Reality and yes i'm I'm a part of uh, you know that that contest for your allegiance, but here's here's the spin <laughs> if, if I could could call it that. I don't necessarily need you to agree with me. It's nice if you do, but it's it's certainly not required. My goal is not to create some kind of an echo chamber where you know everything Brian says or everything he shares with us is is gospel truth. I won't knowingly mislead or deceive you. I mean, I, I try to find good information. If there's anything that seems a little bit off or that, that can't be verified, I will wait rather than share that information. And I've, I've been really glad many times that I've taken this approach because it's, uh, it's not that much fun having to take your foot out of your mouth. But this information is presented for, for the sake of stimulating independent thought, critical thought. Charlie Reese, one of my favorite columnists over the years, for 50 years he wrote for the Orlando Sentinel. He used to talk about how the most important duty of citizens during times of crisis was to think clearly and independently. And that's exactly what I'm trying to encourage from anyone who is fortunate enough to stumble across this little broadcast. I don't need you to agree with me. Not because I think I'm right about everything. I understand very well how little I actually know about anything. But I know you've got to be willing to think outside of the ideological boxes. You can't just say, well, I heard it on Fox News, therefore it's got to be true. Or the "The Daily Beast had an article, therefore I can hang my hat on it. It's never been more important to think for yourself to own your worldview and to stop sitting there like a baby bird with your mouth open and your neck outstretched waiting for somebody, some highly paid spinmeister to tell you what to think, to spoon feed it to you. You're more than capable of sorting fact from fiction. So believe in yourself, work on those skills, sharpen your BS detector skills. You'll be glad you did and you'll be a light to the people around you.
0: This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The
2: Brian Hyde Show. And we are back. By the way, I want to give a quick shout out to one of my sponsors, and that is lifesavingfoods.com. I know that uh, you're watching food prices go up every time you go to the grocery store. Maybe you're starting to experience a little bit of sticker shock. It's actually happening in a lot of different sectors. But, man, that food one, that's important. And when you look at some of the different weather patterns and just just some of the different instability examples going on throughout our society and, and across the world, there has never been a time where it's made more sense to just have some stores of food on hand and i 'm talking long term food storage. How nice would it be to to put aside some food for a rainy day, knowing that you got a twenty five year shelf life and it 's actually good stuff, very storable, nutritious, and and at least for the moment affordable. Go to my website the dot com click on today 's show notes. this is uh, july twenty eighth and you'll see a link down there at the bottom for the sponsors. Click on life-saving food. Take a look at the various packages that they offer. And if it makes sense to you, consider giving them your business. Consider putting aside you know some food for a rainy day. The good news is you know you're going to use it. It's not like, well, we're going to buy this and it's going to sit there someday, you know, that and we'll never use it and end up throwing it out. No, it's this is stuff you can actually use. But the time to get those stores built up is before people are starting to feel panicky and clearing off store shelves. I think we've seen that before recently, maybe within the last year and a half. Not a good feeling, was it? All right, back to the show. Well, in a desperate attempt to remain relevant in the eyes of a wearied public, the Centers for Disease Control is now recommending a return to face masks when public school resumes. Yeah, that bomb dropped yesterday and... There are some angry, angry people about this because their, their recommendation is that means masks for the vaccinated as well as the unvaccinated alike. And I have an excellent article in. Uh, I have a, a great article here in um, my show notes from Jeffrey Tucker. And it is remarkable. And it shows the CDC's uh, hysterical flip-flop on Delta and how it might be the undoing of the CDC. In other words, this may undermine their credibility once and for all. By the way, Jeffrey Tucker has been one of the, the great voices of reason throughout the whole pandemic. You know, people, I'm sure, try to, you know, marginalize him. Oh, he's a denier. He's a COVID denier. But no, this is a guy who actually took upon himself... The, the difficult work, the heavy lifting, if you will, of studying the issue at hand. And I mean reading as deep as he could to learn about uh, how pandemics uh, play out, what happens, you know, in epidemiology, how viruses, you know, can be spread. And I highly recommend his work, as well as uh, other efforts through the American Institute for Economic Research, AIER.org. I, I love to get their emails. I signed up for them some time ago. I have not been disappointed in the way that they have approached this, and it's funny too because they've been marginalized. As, well, you know these people—they're they're, just—they're just questioning those in authority, Dr. Fauci, etc. And yet, uh, time has proven them to have been on target, whereas the CDC is flopping around like a fish out of water. So, I recommend you read Jeff Tucker's article about the CDC's hysterical flip-flop and how that might be its undoing. I don't know how anybody can trust the CDC at this time. I don't know how, how anybody can still put credibility in them. But uh, we, we shall see if this is going to be the final straw for a lot of people. Now, on that note, there are a lot of parents who are saying, holy cow, if this is what's going to happen, if my kid is going to have to wear masks... And now I'm going to have to wear a mask anytime I go to the school. And teachers, my wife is a teacher, by the way. If she's going to have to wear a mask all the time, you know that we're we're reaching the breaking point. People are really getting weary. Thankfully, Carrie McDonald has a great article about how to get around outrageous back to school mask mandates. Here's a couple of excerpts of what she has to say. She says school districts across the country are beginning to impose mask mandates for all students and staff this fall. Officials in Boston, Atlanta, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. declared last week that everyone in school buildings will be required to wear masks regardless of vaccination status. Now she says these school districts are going beyond current CDC guidelines which recommend which recommend masking for unvaccinated students and staff only. Instead, they seem to be embracing the masking stance of the American Academy of Pediatrics which announced last week that all students over age 2 as well as staff should wear masks at school even if they're vaccinated. Back to school mask mandates have emerged even as evidence continues to mount showing that children are thankfully not at severe risk from the coronavirus. New research out of England reveals that children are at even less risk than previously thought, and domestic data show similar findings. Dr. Marty Macquarie and his research team at Johns Hopkins University analyzed data from thousands of children diagnosed with COVID-19 in 2020. He wrote in the Wall Street Journal last week, our report found a mortality rate of zero among children without a pre-existing medical condition such as leukemia. Several states, including Arkansas, Arizona, Georgia, Iowa, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, and Vermont, have actually banned masking in schools. Other states, such as Massachusetts, Georgia, and Virginia, are leaving it up to individual school districts to decide whether or not to issue mask mandates. Now, Carrie McDonald says many parents don't want their children to be masked all day at school particularly when children are at such low risk from the virus. And some of these parents are now considering other options. Virginia mom Jillian Haynes doesn't want her 7th grader to have to wear a mask all day when schools reopen. She told her local CBS affiliate WTVR, I'm absolutely against mask mandates in school and seriously contemplating homeschooling my child to prevent her from being masked. Homeschooling numbers skyrocketed during the previous academic year, tripling from pre-pandemic rates to over 11% of the U.S. K-12 school-age population. That's according to the U.S. Census Bureau data. As schools prepare to reopen this year for full-time, in-person learning, it seemed reasonable to think that last year's elevated homeschooling rate would likely decline. But new school mask mandates, along with frequent virus testing, ongoing social distancing and quarantine protocols, are prompting parents to continue or start homeschooling this fall. Michael Donnelly of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association told Kerry recently, now that everyone has had a chance to try some form of homeschooling, I think it's likely that the rate of homeschooling will stay high and possibly even grow. In addition, the controversies impacting public schools To the controversies impacting public schools, parents have now tasted the freedom, the flexibility, safety, and results of homeschooling. And they're way too good to go back. And so he says, I see a very positive transformation in the way people from every walk of life are turning to homeschooling. Now, the Associated Press confirmed that pandemic-related homeschooling surge shows no signs of slowing. They reported on Monday, although the pandemic disrupted family life across the U.S. since taking hold in spring 2020, some parents are grateful for one consequence. They're now opting to homeschool their children even as schools plan to resume in-person classes. And while some parents may choose to homeschool because of mask mandates, other parents may choose to homeschool because their schools are not imposing mask mandates. In North Carolina, one mom said she's taking a leave from her teaching job this fall to homeschool her child until he's eligible for vaccination. Because the public schools are not mandating masks. Elena Brown told her local CBS affiliate, people are saying I'm going to have to quit my job. I'm going to have to take leave to homeschool if the masks aren't in place until the vaccinations are available for the underage crowd. Just another couple months of masks. She says, I think that's really reasonable to allow all of our kids back into the building. So Carrie says, while parents like Alina may decide to leave work to homeschool their children, it isn't a prerequisite. Many homeschooling parents work full-time, and single parents are also choosing to homeschool. Homeschool classes and activities, tutors and mentors, learning pods and co-ops, lesson plans and online learning programs have become increasingly more abundant and accessible, offering much more flexibility for families who choose the homeschool option. School masking policies, whatever they are, will likely anger and upset some parents. The solution to dealing with contentious back-to-school masking policies is the same as for all other education issues. It's parental choice and freedom. Carrie says, fortunately, parents do have options beyond their mandatory school district assignment. In fact, she writes about some of those possibilities in her free ebook, The 2021 Curious Parents Guide to Education Options. And she invites you to download it Share it with your friends and relatives, because families have more back-to-school choices this year than ever before. I've got a link to this article, which you can check out for yourself in the show notes at thebryanhideshow.com. These are the show notes for July 28th. Give it a click. Take a little deeper dive. I think you'll be glad you did. We'll be back in just a moment.
1: Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold five billion dollars worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25 percent. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alleroo Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com.
0: As a follower of Christ, you are created and called for greatness, now more than ever before. In his powerful sequel to the bestseller, Kingdom Man, Tony Evans' Kingdom Men Rising calls men to break free of apathetic faith, to take a stand, do more than just exist. You have been called to rise up and influence those around you. Discover how, when you get Kingdom Men Rising, and learn the art of intentional impact. New from Tony Evans, sponsored by The Urban Alternative.
1: With a Democratic sweep officially in place, we are now at the mercy of tax and spend economics. Get ready for runaway national debt pushing the further devaluation of the dollar. So if you haven't invested in gold, now is the time to protect your savings. Birch Gold Group is the premier precious metals IRA company in America. With an A-plus BBB rating and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold can help you move an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by gold. Go to birchgold.com slash radio for your free information kit. That's birchgold.com slash radio.
5: The best companion a pillow has ever had. You've heard me talking about Mike Lindell's Giza Dreams bedsheets now for a couple of years. They're the perfect companion to the My Pillow. Made with the world's best cotton called Giza, grown only in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River, its long staple cotton makes it ultra soft and breathable. And just like the My Pillow, there's a 60 day money back guarantee, 10 year warranty. Try it for yourself. Mike Lindell and I promise you'll sleep better. Or you get your money back. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special, use my promo code USA, you'll get two-for-one pricing plus free shipping, but only by using my promo code USA. Or call 1-800-951-8175 and ask for the Giza Dream Sheets Special, and the promo code USA gets you up to 66% off the entire line of MyPillow products. Sleep better with the Giza Dreams Bed Sheets and save at MyPillow.com, promo code USA.
2: This is the Brian Hyde show. All right, you've stuck it out this far. First of all, I admire your uh, strength and and your uh, you know, your flexibility to to roll with the punches cuz I understand not everybody's going to need what I'm sharing. Not everybody wants what I'm sharing. But hopefully it's providing some good food for thought. By the way, our show is brought to you by the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. I don't have to tell you that the real estate market throughout the Intermountain West right now is absolutely crazy. It is the hottest thing going. So many people are moving into the Intermountain West. And if you are making a move to the great state of Utah, you need to know about the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. And the reason why is because when you find a house, when you find something, oh, man, that's the one we want. The competition is very, very fierce. Homes do not stay on the market very long. They are snapped up quickly. That means you've got to have your financing in order. And this is where the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage comes in. Decades of experience, stability, know-how to get you set up with your VA loan, traditional loan, reverse mortgage, even refinancing your existing mortgage. Heather's NMLS ID is 715386. Patriot Home Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. And you can see them in St. George at 619 South Bluff Street, Tower 1 and 2, or call 435-703-4522. So we talked a little bit about how homeschooling is still very much an option for parents who either, you know, they want their kids masked up, but the school district isn't mandating it. Or, what I hope is more likely, parents who are saying, oh man, not more mask mandates, you know, for my kids and for me and would rather see their kids schooled alternately. Well, on a related note, uh, homeschooling is surging. It really is. A lot of people are tired of that increasingly authoritarian tone dominating public education. And masks are only a part of it, right? I mean, critical race theory and other woke ideology is threading its way into the public education establishment. And, you know, the teachers' unions, sorry, but... They, uh, they seem to have something uh, more than just, you know, education or the three R's. Used to be reading, writing, arithmetic. Now it's racism, racism, racism. Have an article here from Brandon Morse pointing out that, uh, yes, homeschooling is surging, but it's also surging in homes that the left may find troubling. Here's what he means. He says, the COVID-19 pandemic brought with it a myriad of consequences to our society, but not every effect was negative. For instance, one such a result was a dramatic increase in homeschooling, and especially in households that the left may not like. According to the Associated Press, parents took their children's education into their own hands and found that their children seemed to be performing much better under their own tutelage than under the public school systems. The surge itself was confirmed by the U.S. Census Bureau that reported homeschooling more than doubled between March and September of 2020, going from 5.4% to 11%. Okay, here's the big part, though. The biggest jump of all, the AP reported that black households skyrocketed from the single digits to the double. And what's more, some are motivated by religious reasoning. From the AP article, black households saw the largest jump. Their homeschooling rate rose from 3.3% in the spring of 2020 to 16.1% in the fall. The parents in one of those households, Arlena and Robert Brown of Austin, Texas, had three children in elementary school when the pandemic took hold. After experimenting with virtual learning, the couple opted to try homeschooling with a Catholic-oriented curriculum provided by Seton Home Study School which serves about 16,000 students nationwide. The Browns plan to continue homeschooling for the coming year, grateful they can tailor the curriculum to fit their children's distinctive needs. For instance, 11-year-old Jacoby has been diagnosed with narcolepsy and sometimes needs naps during the day. 10-year-old Riley has tested as academically gifted. Felicity, who's 9 years old, has a learning disability. Robert Brown, a former teacher who now does consulting, said, I didn't want my kids to become a statistic and not reach their full potential. And we wanted them to have very solid understanding of their faith. Now back to Brandon Morse's article. He says another parent in a black household, Angela Valentine, felt the need to keep homeschooling her child due to her son Dorian being the only black child at school. The isolation he was experiencing was getting to him. So she now teaches him about black history and culture while homeschooling. Valentine said, I felt the burden of making the shift, making sure we're making the right choices. But until we're really comfortable with his learning environment, we'll stay on this homeschooling journey. Now, homeschooling also allows parents to conform the learning of their children's needs, or to their children's needs, rather, instead of the children having to conform to a one-size-fits-all style of learning that public schooling forces on kids. AP reports that one parent has a child with Down syndrome, and noticed that her progress at home was better than her progress in virtual learning. And so they ended up doing the same for another son, and the classes went so well they decided to continue for the next few years. One parent told the AP, My son told me he was learning so much more at home than he ever did in school. He said, School is just so chaotic. We don't get very much done in any particular class. Here, I sit down, you tell me what to do, and minutes later, I'm done. Other families have weighed in, noting that their children excelled better at home and learned far more than they did at public school. Now, Brandon Moore says, while all this is well and good, parents should likely not get comfortable. Many are just getting into the homeschooling life, but they should be aware that there is a war on homeschooling going on. Many on the left would rather see homeschooling made illegal. And Harvard professors are already making the case for this as mainstream media sources applaud and echo them. These professors are concerned that parents will make teaching children what the left wants them to learn impossible. And Elizabeth Bartholay, a Harvard Law School professor and director of its child advocacy program, warned that kids are in danger or that parents are in danger of teaching their children conservative Christian beliefs, specifically. So right now, parents, American parents, are at war with many educational bureaucracies attempting to push left-leaning ideological extremism on their children through critical race theory. Now, as Red State has previously covered, the people leading the CRT charge have direct connections to top members of the Department of Education. And the movement is to create radical leftist ideologues out of your children. But they can't do that if your children are safe at home with you. So Brandon Morse's point here is don't expect them to take this lying down. They want your children. They'll cook up reasons and attempt to craft laws in order to take their education out of your hands and into theirs. Now, I don't know. Does that sound alarming or does it sound alarmist? I guess it probably would to some people. And I think it's important that we remember that, you know, this is not one size fits all. So this is not a blanket condemnation of every public school in every setting. There are risks that come when you institutionalize teaching or schooling, I should say. I'm keeping this separate from education because I think that's that's not something that has to take place in the classroom. But when you institutionalize schooling, particularly in the hands of the state, I mean, call me weird, but it seems to me that it it, it makes sense that the the prevailing ideology of whoever happens to be in power is going to find its way into the curriculum. Whether it's through the textbooks, after all, who cuts the check to buy those textbooks, right? It's, you know, some bureaucrat within, you know, the the power structure and whoever's currently in power at the time. But you also have to remember you're dealing with a captive audience. And that would be tough to resist. Not just for left-wing ideologues, but, uh, you know, I could see right-wing ideologues, you know, doing the same thing. Hey, we these kids have to be here. Compulsory attendance laws dictate that their parents have to send them to school. Yes, you can opt out. You know, I mean, I, I understand that. But bottom line is, if I needed to indoctrinate a large group of people, capturing the power of the state to compel those kids to be there and then to, to compel them to listen to whatever curriculum the state agrees is, you know, most uh, most efficacious for them. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you don't have to go too far down the conspiracy rabbit hole <clears throat> to recognize this would be a great way to push things that, that uh, you otherwise could not persuade parents to teach their children in their own home. So it sounds like people have decisions to make. I'm not suggesting homeschooling is the answer for everybody. But there's a part of me that wonders, and I'm going to go ahead and wonder aloud right now, how bad would things have to get? How depraved would the curriculum or or whatever it is that's being taught under the guise of, hey, we're just trying to help these kids get their minds around, you know, how the world is, how bad would it have to get before you pulled your kids out, put your foot down and said, nope, This is my child, and I'm not going to subject him to that. I know there are some parents who've asked themselves that question. And whatever that line was, when it's crossed, boom, their kids are out of the school. Nevertheless, it's a question I wish more people would ask. I think they'll be glad they did down the road.
4: This is The Brian Hyde Show.